0: Oh, exciting.
1: So I invited some of the uh, people from class earlier to watch the stream live. So hopefully we'll get more than, uh, oh, look, there were 10 viewers waiting. Look at that. So, Oh, look at that. That's exciting. uh, So anyway, welcome, Ross Miller, to the show. Oh, yeah, it looks like you're ready. Click here to start streaming. Really? Is this a thing? Okay, I'll press that. Apparently we're now going live. Uh, Okay, now we're live. Very good. And if viewers are out there, hit us in the chat box to say hi. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're just, I'm, I'm continuing my quest to learn how to have conversations. Um, and uh, part of it's because I'm socially awkward, but the other part is uh, uh, <laughs> technological, uh, trying to get the technology sorted out uh, to have nice, clear sounding conversations that are actually actually listenable. So, uh, welcome to Ross. How's it going? You're just telling me about you were on the BBC last week and you're, you're over projecting something like that. Yes,
0: I was, I was, uh, I did pipeline. I was the guest and um, player on pipeline last weekend. And, um, we had to do an interview as part of the, so I did, I did the piping. Well, I, I shouldn't give away the magic, but I did, I did the piping, but, and then we had to sit down and do like an interview to fill the gaps. Um, even though we made it sound beautifully as if I was just going away over and playing my pipes. Um I've just I've just given away the stage secrets or the trade secrets, but yeah, and I got in trouble for over projecting
1: um
0: this, my voice.
1: So what is that? So it's cause and it's because they have you COVID distancing, right? Like you you're yeah you're like twelve feet away from Gary West. Uh
0: yeah, absolutely i am I d I'm I'm sure that if I over projected I still you still wouldn't be able to hear me at home. Um, where where you are
1: <laughs> right yeah i
0: think i would have to definitely over project to to get there
1: so that's pretty cool so where is the, there's a bbc building in glasgow
0: yeah that's the the main bbc scotland uh, studios it's a place called pacific key they've got a studio there that's where we've recorded uh, the ball uh, the band's recorded uh, the hogmanay show there um last time last well, last time we were allowed so far going into 2020 um yeah and it's a big studio it's, it's where the news and stuff is all filmed from for bbc scotland and also the, all the radio stuff
1: so where so, is it where is it in glasgow
0: it's on the south side of the river Um, you know where this kind of squinty bridge thing is yeah um opposite like the secc and the armadillo and the hydro Um Got it. it's it's on the other side of the river there the, and the stv are next door
1: which oh is yeah a,
0: Channel 3 for us. I don't know. Is, is it like CNN and ABC? Or, no, no, ABC. What's the other one?
1: Oh, God. NBC. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got ABC, <laughs> NBC, CBS. And, yeah, and then that's Fox. It. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you do... STV, do you ever do anything for STV or will you be disowned by the BBC if you did that?
0: <laughs> I, I've never been asked to do anything by STV, but I don't think there's any kind of like, oh, you've been on the BBC, so you can't be on the STV or vice versa Interesting. type type animosity because at the end of the day, it's the bagpipes, I think.
1: Right. It's <laughs> people are generally, people on all sides are are excited about the bagpipes, at least in Scotland, which is actually probably more true now than it has been in a long time. I feel like, I feel like there's definitely been a resurgency of interest in the bagpipes.
0: Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. These, uh, school, there's lots and lots of school projects that are popping up, even in the last, what, shall we say 10 years, there's been the advent of that, um, Scottish Schools Pipes and Drums Trust has been a brilliant catalyst for that. What and is I've that? Been fortunate enough. T- so it's, uh, a, um, a, a trust, a, a board of trustees have, um, basically gone out with, the um like the view their their view is to um have every school in Scotland to have a pipe band is the, is the aim that the, the general aim but i think it's kind of reduced now to every local authority um but even within that there's there's loads of great projects and they they give up startup grants they loan pipes they run the scottish schools uh, pipe band championships and they do all these kind of um brilliant initiatives to try and get piping popular i don't even know again or just piping popular generally in schools in scotland which is is a great i think personally a great thing
1: so uh, one of the things that occurs to me with that is like it's not just about teaching kids to play pipes, right? Like as soon as kids are playing pipes, suddenly the whole culture b- gets focused on it and dialed into it. Like so because you know your cousin and your well, or your son or your daughter, or your grandson or granddaughter, or your cousin or whatever, you know, like, oh yeah, they're pipers. Oh interesting. Now I see a, a piper over here and now suddenly I'm interested. And there's there's like no question. Everybody uh, it's really, I'm I'm both excited about it and also kind of depressed about it because we're so far away from that here. Um, yeah. You know, it's just not even the idea of uh, bagpiping in the schools here is like how would you even how would you even begin with that?
0: Yeah, it's. You'd have, yeah, have to have a program and kind of get on board with that. I think, well, there's a couple of successful programs in the St. Thomas uh, Episcopal one and things is a, a good example of that. And, but I guess their head teacher is a top piper. So well, and it's also,
1: but it's also like the school has, and, and again, um, uh, apologies. Uh, I'm I'm totally, I'm sure butchering this, but the school has definitive Scottish roots as well. You know, I think the... Sure was the school maybe founded by a Scot? I'm not sure, but, but it's like, it's in, so the school a has, you know, lots of wealthy, uh, alumni, I think that, you know, that have helped build everything in the school, including the band. Uh, and then you have that in Dunedin as well. Like, you know, it's obviously a very Scottish culture, which is great. Well, that's excellent. But like, I, what I mean when I say we're really far off from that is there's, in in Scotland, that's just sort of, there's a whole lot of schools who, you know, it's not like, well, I don't know what, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's like, uh, here, let's say you wanted to have a pipe band in a, in a public school or even a private school. Uh, it's, it just seems really, really far off, off the radar, which is ironic because they, to teach music, a lot of the schools are still using like recorders and stuff like that. Like, no yeah. one, you don't. why don't you just learn pipes? You don't need to learn a yeah. recorder. Well,
0: they, I think they do that in Ireland, and I could again be completely butchering this, but I think instead of a recorder, everybody learns like the penny whistle, right? Uh, in in like um, in Ireland, and actually we've started to do. Uh, there's a, another great initiative in Scotland called the Youth Music Initiative, which is YMI for short, and it's about this like every child should have access to like music lessons in primary five, or like, and, and then if you want to keep it going, you can through whatever channels that that are available. Um, but, um, yeah, and they've started using pipes that I've done some pipe teaching, um, as part of that, um, to like the whole class. So you just give 30 children a practice chanter and just like hope that some of them get good is the general idea. And they do the same with, with pipe band snare drum yeah, uh, as well.
1: But that makes a lot, like that makes a lot of sense. And what we are doing makes very little sense. Um, and Yes. Well, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to start, maybe we need to start some sort of foundation or something here in the States. You know, you yeah. see it, you see it from place to place, you know, every now and then you'll see like a band, but uh, maybe, maybe we need to start a foundation <laughs> that actually like somehow mobilizes to get even a few schools uh, in America to have a pipe band would be kind of where we, where we want to start with that. I don't know. That's you not know, No, and I,
0: yeah. I, i think the key i think the key to it if if you're thinking of doing it i think the key is to get in a pipe band as soon as possible or at least a group for them to go to because then they feel part of the thing
1: and also you
0: get rid of this kind of like oh i don't want to play on my own it's too loud kind of thing like if you just get lots of people playing pipes together and don't make them play on their own in front of their pals then it's so easy to get them to come I find anyway. Yeah. And certainly in my projects, as soon as you've got a pipe band, the rest just looks after itself and maybe the quality won't be super high, but I think that for the greater good, as you're saying, I think it's definitely for both the instrument and the the learning process. I think it's, it's a, a definite like that's, that's how you, kind of get them get them hooked on your on our exciting thing that we're all excited about because we're kind of weird and love it but the um yeah it's it's trying to get everyone else to enjoy it as much as you do or not even half as much as you do and it would be great (laughs)
1: um right i I hear what you're saying there too it's like i think the degree to which we are excited about bagpipes like i don't think people really fathom that all that well although you know uh, football or something, you know, it's like, guys, just pretend it's football. And that's kind of like how I feel about piping as, as far as like how, and, and you know what I mean about football, you know, like a, the American football that yeah. people can become really obsessed with the, Here, the, the football that you use your hands for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gee, I never thought of that. Well, maybe I have thought of that, but not in a long <laughs> time. Okay. My next question to you is, is, you know, and maybe you have a sense of this, I feel like there's a lot of pushback. Uh, if you were to integrate bagpipes into schools or some sort of organized musical thing here, you would get a lot of pushback because the pipes aren't taken seriously as a as like a serious instrument. Uh, like we don't really tune well with anyone else. We don't play the same rhythms. Like we've got all these crazy embellishments. Like what what sort of things... Have changed in Scotland to make it, I mean, it's, it's a, it seems to me to be a fully accepted instrument, like almost not that much different than the clarinet when you go to Scotland, right? Like probably as many kids in Scotland are learning bagpipes as are learning clarinet right now. Do you think that's true? Maybe more? Uh,
0: I would say absolutely. Maybe more people are learning the, the bagpipes now. And as I say that, and that is definitely down to these initiatives where we're just throwing as, as much. I guess money and instruments at people and trying to get them to stick, and I think it is sticking, and it's, it's this cool thing of like people are getting on board with it. I think, but yeah, definitely, it's just it's, it's almost like it's becoming cool again. To, I don't know if it was ever cool to play the bagpipes. Uh, it, it was certainly never when I was growing up. Uh, I was the the kind of weird kid that played the bagpipes. But even in my school, since I've left, I think there's like four or five people that play the pipes, and that's due to the West Lothian thing and the bag call thing from where I grew up. But um, there's there there are now more places for people and the pipes are more kind of in the public domain there's like the red hot chili pipers have been uh, really good for that in terms of like they're they're playing with top artists who people listen to in the mainstream Mm -hmm. so there and there was a band uh, called scary um i don't know if you've heard of them but the band called scary four who were on the bbc radio Two, which is like the the national and the uk national kind of radio station um for they were on like their their one of the like playlists for the radio for like three weeks or something recently and it's like a pop song with bagpipes in it and um so that that's like helping it reach new audiences and it's people like oh the bagpipes oh i know as you said before like you know your your cousin or your brother or your sister or someone might play the bagpipes and that that kind of makes it a better like i guess more accessible to more people because it becomes there's not this weird thing that someone's standing in the corner making loads of noise and and then also there's i think people and it maybe comes from the degree course as well are people who are teaching are more aware i guess like myself of playing with other instruments and they're more aware of how to actually go about doing that as opposed to being the loud guy in the corner who can't play with the brass band because they don't understand is if I can tell, like I can tell a student, I can equip some students with the knowledge in order to do that as well, which is. Yes. Maybe wasn't a thing.
1: It draws my, like when we, when Oren Moore, we used to play with like a local rock band here and uh, people, even in uh, Oren Moore was a collection of like some of the best players in the Northeast United States. And people still looked at me like I was some sort of, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is like some sort of savant or something. When I just like got the band tuned up with the rock band and it wasn't a big deal, you know, we had to explain a couple things and, you know, uh, a little bit of trial and error, but it's very rare to have, especially in the U S and, and I can say this with authority because like I said, I mean, and Moore was a collection of the very best players, you know, across a 500 mile radius. Um, and none of us really knew how you would play with other instruments. Like not really. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you're spot on with that. I think that they're, I think that you sort of have to take the blame. Like I pipers sort of have to take the blame for not having a clue in, in a lot of respects. And so why should other musicians respect us? Uh, if you can't even explain mm-hmm. how you might have a tune together
0: yeah no sure absolutely it's um and it's about having the common vocabulary as well with Mm -hmm. with other people and i I don't know if again i played other instruments so i knew the words that they would use in that world i play i play the trombone i I played brass so i knew the kind of the way that they would talk about things versus the way the pipers talk about things and pipers in like serious pipe bands talk about things in such a strange way and it even goes down to like counting into like a three four march one two Like that, that doesn't make musical sense.
1: Doesn't make any sense. And
0: like, yeah, I, and, and I actually never even realized that that was weird until I went to uni and we were playing like a tune in three, two, or three, four, or something. And I was like, one, two, and then played, and everyone was like waiting for three before they, because,
1: yeah, (laughs) because
0: that's all like, but I'm talking about other instrumentalists and not just pipers. But, um, yeah, I was playing in a group of, a group and I was the only piper, and I played after two because that's what you do in Mm -hmm. the pipe bands and and i was like why are you playing after two the tunes in three why would you count in two? (laughs) and it's just like all these kind of strange things you don't realize but as soon as you start to realize that and try to think about it and how you can talk to people who don't play the same instrument as you but make it accessible to them then the the walls get broken down very very quickly i think anyway
1: yeah i think you know I, i think that's it's really really important i think the i i personally believe that the b flat chanter is the way of the future as well hopefully for everything like you know hopefully we can uh gather the courage over time even in competition to say like just so you know uh everyone competes in b flat uh and i think you know or just concert pitch in general right because I think that's one of the most alienating qualities about the bagpipe too, is if you're always playing somewhere between B flat and B, uh, and, but never quite either. Uh, like it's, you know, it adds a half an hour problem solving session to every, any collaboration with other types of music. Right. And I think if we just played in yeah, B flat, sure. that would, you know, if we just decided B flat is what we're doing, uh as like an an entire community I think that would be positive in so many ways um and and then meanwhile you know a lot of the trad musicians like like when you play with your band you do you play the b-flat chanter just to keep it simple or do you play higher yeah
0: absolutely and yeah no I I play I play the b-flat chanter and to be honest I would be so on board with that because I think Everybody's pipes sound the best that they sound in B flat. The lower my, pitch. my pipes are the most stable. Yeah. The the yeah, the, the most stable that they are is in B flat. You can play it for I, I don't have to play my B flat. I've got a whole setup. I'm fortunate enough I've got separate sets of pipes, but I've got a whole setup in B flat that I don't need to play and when I get it out, it's still in tune. It sounds good, and it's when I put it up and down, it's still the same within like mm-hmm. a very tiny amount in terms of like if you out I, I would dread to think what my bandpipes are like at the moment. I probably shouldn't say that in, in public. No, but... we
1: shouldn't talk about that right now, Ross. I can't uh we I think we're both yeah, we're both gonna be demoted, I think, if we uh Yeah.
0: But but like in terms of like yeah, literally it's the same the same thing, but the higher pitch that you, you can't you have to like keep on top of it and keep it there is it's almost like you're trying to force your instrument to be somewhere where it doesn't want to be yeah. and then when you bring it into b flat everything just the harmonics just i think personally just sound nicer a bit more fuller everything sounds e- and it's easier just to kind of control and then you've got the added bonus of you don't need to like have a different set of pipes to play with other people you could just play your pipes with
1: other people yeah i think you know Yeah, I think it would be really, really interesting. Obviously, there would be some logistical things in the competition world you'd have to sort out, you know, like you'd have to have some way of measuring it to make sure people weren't drastically above the pitch. And then the other issue is that the weather would probably potentially change that. So, you know, on days where it's particularly warm, you'd have to allow for something slightly above B flat perhaps. But uh, I personally, it's weird. I'm becoming an old uh like an old fuddy-duddy or something i don't know what you call it but i'm be- i'm becoming <laughs> those people i used to roll my eyes at cuz this isn't the first time someone said we should just play in b flat but we should you know and the reason the reason yeah. being so that we can start to integrate with the wider world of music like that's the big reason uh yeah, sure. and it also solves some of the co- competitive issues you know where the band who succeeds in getting the highest pitch has an advantage So I think eliminating that weird construct is also kind of important too, in the long run.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. No, I I definitely agree with that. I think it, and you're saying about getting the highest pitch, but it's like getting the highest pitch, but also sounding like nice and not just, it's like only dogs can hear you and stuff as well. That's definitely a, um, and then, but then you can be too flat but like I, we we always had this conversation at uni. It was like, "What is B flat, or what does it mean? What like what does the sound mean, or what is too flat, or what is too sharp?" We always used to laugh about that yeah. uh, in our kind of my within my cohort at uni with Philly uh, McDonald. It was hilarious. But yeah, no, it's definitely a thing. It's like, how can you be too flat? With within a parameter like between b flat and b when it's like only a couple of cents but like oh the band was flat today you know it's, it's a crazy thing or even in in the solos it's like oh you you no, it wasn't you were too flat you were just flatter than the person that went before you so, right like it's as it's, it's different it's like mm-hmm. if, if everybody was the same then like i guess there would be no room for um kind of that comparison as well
1: but it's basically I don't know if, it's
0: a, if it's a good thing
1: it's basically scientifically proven, right, that that you're psychologically you prefer if two things are side by side, the one that's slightly higher in pitch, you'll you will prefer it. Like it's that's yeah. basically a thing. Um and and that's why they I think that's why they invented concert pitch in the first place is like it was getting out of hand. So, I think uh I think it was like the church or something that was like this is how it's going to be.
0: Yeah. And if you uh, or the piano, was it not the pia- the invention of the piano? It was just like this is like this is an equally tempered thing.
1: I'm not this quite is, sure other I'm not quite sure other than to say from thenceforth, if your A was more than four forty, it meant you were going to hell, you know? And your soul yeah. could not be saved. Sure. So that solved that problem. Uh sure. and we need the we need the equivalent, uh uh we need the equivalent in, in piping. Although yeah. I wouldn't no, say all man, pipers man. are god fearing, so uh, we might need to come up with a different a different threat.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe if you uh, if you if you exceed the allowed B flat, then you have to triple mask when you go out to the to the shops,
0: and then play your pipes with the triple mask. With the on. triple
1: mask, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna. I think that's it. I think that's it. So um, the next question that came to mind was so so you were were you a product of piping being taught in the schools or did you learn outside of the school
0: so no but almost it would be my answer to that um i i learned i like we we um like saw we saw the tuition I I, when I when I first started I learned in Inverness there was actually no teaching in Inverness my my dad was actually telling me this about this last week Uh, I went for a walk with him on his birthday and uh, I because we're not allowed to go inside here I don't know if we've discussed that right yeah you you can't go inside anyone's house so you have to go for walks that's the thing now (laughs) so you can drive anywhere you like but you've got you can't go in anywhere once you get there so I, I drove home it's only I don't know, like half an hour away, but I, um, I, I, drove home and, uh, went to see my dad. I went for a walk and, and, uh, he was saying, he was like, oh yeah, I remember when we like, when, when you were showing an interest in wanting to play the pipes, cause I was like the weird kid that would make pipes out of like, um, toilet roll tubes and, um, kitchen roll tubes yeah. and recorder. I had a recorder that made noise and, uh, like, a um, two, two liter bottle under my arm as the bag with a tartan, oh, that's um, innovative. tartan scarf yeah Yeah, that's good and and then i kind of developed onto all these different things so my my parents were obviously they were like well we've got a a weird child here who wants to play the bagpipes um and inverness as well i must say we lived in inverness and they went to the school and they were like look is do the school would would they have lessons or like, like i was in like primary three or four i was very small and it was like do you so I was like eight or nine and it was like oh um no I was six or seven probably actually and it was like oh no we why would we have bagpipes in school like that's so weird and this is in the capital of the highlands in Inverness yeah it's like so such so as I think oh we don't have that in school this is yeah and um they were like, okay well do you know where anywhere and they're like, no no and then dad just like must have googled it or don't know use facts because it was 25 years ago but, or 20 years ago but um uh, and, um, we, I went for lessons in the local piping shop. There was a piping shop in the market in Inverness I think it's still there. And, yeah, yeah. um, I went for lessons there and then I came back again to the central belt and again, same, same thing. There was nothing in the school wow. and, um, it was, it was like, oh, but there's this band that's like 10 minutes from your house or 50 minutes from your house called Bokot on Bathgate. And they, they teach people, they've got a system. So I went to the learners and then I guess progressed through all the bands as, as yeah, most people will know about that band anyway, and um, yeah, I think that was a great thing. But then, by the time I got to maybe like fourteen or fifteen, um, they started a schools band in in my or in my local area. But how they did that, and this was quite clever. And Gordon Bruce was the the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they started a Friday afternoon thing with everyone who went to school in West Aldi in the council area was invited and played the bagpipes or drums. Was invited to go to this this thing so there was there was two bands at the time there was two junior bands there was c field that was called and ball call and there was like this kind of weird rivalry rivalry thing and um so anyone who went to school could go to along to this so you didn't have to play for a band and we all got given like the we got given kilts and b flat chanters and um we had to just play that and it was like a friday afternoon club and it was brilliant it was great and it was like more piping i was all up for it it was great and then they start kind of and then they started teaching in the schools at like primary six level, but they already had a band. That's what I was saying. That's the key. You can have, you, you go into your 10 year old student and say, look, see those people up there that are playing in their kilts and playing bagpipes. Like if you practice, you can do that. And that's, that's the, the carrot on the stick, isn't it? Interesting. And, um, so we, we became the carrot, I guess. And then as we got older, we we like people got jobs on friday afternoons and things and they they stopped but then by this point maybe two or three years down the line they then these pipers could play pipes these new pipers so then gordon was able to expand his teaching and have a a piping like a pipe band of all, all his own people without stepping on the toes of these established bands without stealing i guess stealing players which was a really good a really really cool thing and i i kind of i don't know again i i was kind of weird i stayed i stayed around and i i didn't i played with ball call i always played with ball call but i i was like helping i helped teach and it was a good experience for me to help start my teaching journey and i helped tune drones and because i went to school and i was old enough i could drive and things i could take myself to the practices i could do i could represent the band at various or represent the council of various things i got to go to texas for instance we have a sister city agreement with a uh city in texas and things so i went to these trips as well so i got kind of nice trips out of it because i was i was i was uh, quite good at the pipes and there was lots of uh, kids that they couldn't send on their own so uh yeah <laughs> i got to do that which was quite fun um but yeah and then since then that band has gone on to do really suc- be, be really successful and be a great program from within schools and be a model program for within the public sector of schools because there's obviously the private schools such as dollar and george watson's and the Strathallan have got a big um piping thing now as well and george Harriet's and all these big school bands that we hear of all the time that do extremely well um but there's not particularly many public school programs that are doing just as well as wesley or or north Lanarkshire schools i guess is the other one yeah to, that immediately jumps to mind so yeah it's 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 good it's a great um Great thing
1: Just yeah we we have that we we have a, a bit it sounds a lot like what you're describing sounds a lot like some of the sports uh structures that we have in the states you know like like in basketball you know there are obviously lots of great public school programs but the the private schools they have like incubators for higher level basketball and they'll actually end up recruiting kids to go uh to go to the private schools and uh, sure. it just tends to be the way that it is, I suppose. Uh, I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Um, okay. So, so that, that's a cool picture of your, and then what happened? What, so from there you went and you studied in the, at, at the degree program. And then right? what happened? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to you? Uh, yeah, no, but from yeah, there, sure. so you came up in the pipe bands and you played <laughs> like, were you playing in the bog hall grade one band before you went to school? Before you went to uh, uni, as it were.
0: Yeah, sure. I was. I was in the grade one band when I was seventeen okay and so i was i think i sat my higher maths exam two days before my first championship and my higher english exam two days after or something uh with boghall so that was that was good and it was a great achievement i was delighted to be in that band to be like to play in that band and it was a successful year my first year was the year we did the concert in 2012 and we won a couple of championships that year Mm -hmm. as well and um, i think we were fourth at the worlds and it was like oh that's amazing and then yeah i went and i had another season and then i went to uni in Glasgow.
1: And then, so, Uh, and
0: then that's, yeah, that's kind of where it all went downhill.
1: Well, that's what I want to know next. So, (laughs) so how does that, so it's not just Pipers in that program or is it like, aren't, aren't there also fiddle players and like you're all in the same program, even though you play different instruments? Is that right? Or.
0: Sure. So the way that, yeah, the way that, yeah, the way the degree course is there, there is actually two official streams. So there's now it's called the bachelor of traditional music full stop and then there's a bachelor of traditional music with piping and like that part is the bit that's run through the piping center and actually pipers get probably well used to anyway they've changed the course now but the pipers actually get quite a a better deal I think in terms of like the amount of lessons when we first went um, it was still the bachelor of arts and you're all in the same class with as you say other instruments so there was the, the class is basically like a band there was like two guitars um, like piano couple of fiddle players four pipers um some singers um and accordion as well i think and everybody has one or two uh, two studies as well um instruments so you, you all you all kind of double up on different things uh and you have like your own classes where um like Gaelic, and we did like Scots language classes and like business classes and things we did as a, a full cohort. Well, when I say full cohort, there was only twelve in my year in first year. Uh and then the pipers would get separate piping history to everybody else. And we'd also get um different repertoire classes. We we, we would get two lessons a week, everyone else would only get one. Okay. Uh as well, which is uh, which is an interesting thing. And but it's kind of it's it's a bit standardized now. It's it they they've changed the course to traditional um traditional music. Bachelor of traditional music, yeah. b mud, uh, Trad Muzz is the B-trad-mus. the thing. Um, yeah, it looks like mustard on your um, on, on my degree thing, but um, the yeah. So B <laughs> trad muzz and it's now it's everything's based around like the performance side of things, which is great. So like you learn about history by playing old tunes, and you le- like you learn about Gal by playing Gala tunes and things like that. And it's uh, your recital, your end of uh, year recital is worth half of your grade for the year, whereas before it was only worth like a, um, not even a quarter or something. It's like a, I don't know, like yeah, not a very small amount of your grade was actually playing the instrument. So there's loads of folk who were really, really good at their instrument, but didn't really care about Gaelic or like history or stuff, and would get worse grades than somebody who wasn't maybe so virtuosic on their instrument but but were, was good at the kind of other side of things so they, they would get maybe a better grade so that didn't seem right to a lot of people and yeah they to be fair to the credit the rcs's credit and the piping center they changed it and they made it about playing so now you've got to be good to get a good degree <laughs> it's like you, you can't just um, muddle your way through which, which i think is an absolutely fabulous thing and there's so many great things about composition and all these different things aspects of it now and the choice modules give you so much more like ability to choose what you want to do uh, and, um, kind of do that as well. So that's Yeah. It's a great, a great program.
1: So, so, um, so you mentioned that the, the train went off the tracks when you were there, I mean, in in a joking way. Uh, but like, if it's anything like, if it's anything like my music degree, I got a whole, like the education I got was completely different than what I pictured it might be when I got started. Uh, and then, you know, that's why I was asking if you were, if you played in the Grade One band in Boghall before you started, because like I'm just wondering, how, or I'm just sort of speculating that the way you thought about pipe music uh took a turn. From you know, like because when you're in pipe bands, there's that way that you think about things. Like you said, you know, count to two and then play the three-four march, right? Uh, and you're doing that at the highest level. Uh, and and it's obviously there's great music being made in Grade One bands, but then. Uh, can you speak at all about how, you know, how the program got you to think about things in a different, uh, and then pro- presumably better way, right? Like a more, a more musical way under a bigger umbrella. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. So like, well, I went and what went like my, my path from when I was really young was like, oh, I'm going to go do that piping degree course and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get better. I'm going to try and win some solo competitions and I'm going to go and still play in the pipe band and I'm going to come out the other end and I'm going to go in and I'm going to get a five day a week teaching job in a private school and I'm going to have a brilliant pipe band. I'm going to win the world with my pipe band. That was like, that That was the path. That's how I kind of saw it going. Yeah, me too. And, that sounds pretty um, similar to me. Yeah. And, and then I, I went and I, I met these people and I was in halls with these people and I think on one side of me in in the halls, there was a musical theater guy, and on the other side, there was like a ballet dancer, Uh in, in like our apartments. And then, like down the corridor, there was like a classical pianist, and then like, um, a, like a trad pianist was further down the corridor and things. And it was it just became like this totally different atmosphere. And I I remember, uh, yeah, and just. Yeah, and like playing with people, and I was like, I'd done that before because as part, I should have said that as part of the West Lothian schools thing, I was in the folk band, which they had like a, a, a like a regional folk band, and I played border pipes as well. So I already had done that, and I had a had a Kayleigh band with some friends from school called Celtic Corrections as well, which is uh, uh, that's a great which, name, which seemed like a nice idea at the time, and obviously my my friends now take great great pleasure in reminding me of that fact. I know. Um, but the, I, uh, yeah, no, but I, I met all these people who played like different instruments and like we'd play in the in the pub and I was like, oh my goodness, we're just playing like tunes and like I know these tunes and they know these tunes and then I was like, oh, but you can teach me that tune if I didn't know it and I could teach him this tune and it kind of just became this whole different way of thinking about it. And then I was like, but I still fancy doing the pipe bands and like, because I enjoy doing that and I still did the solos, but I guess perhaps, well, still seriously, obviously, and to a, a, like a, a really serious level, but. Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of took took my eye off, off those things slightly and tried to kind of go diversify a bit and go down the kind of folkie path whilst also doing these things. So having like three fronts instead of just this like, uh, I'll go and try and win the gold medal and I'll go and try and win the worlds, and that was it. That was my like right. that's what I saw as my success. And that's certainly was, not it's, now it's a different thing.
1: I think I think that's definitely a pattern amongst the most successful competitors, is like you if that's the only uh if that's your only focus man it, it could be a dark it could be a dark next 40 <laughs> years you know cuz maybe you win it maybe you win it when you're young and you're the next big thing but i think for most you have to chip away at it for a long time you know sure. and, and and so
0: it's, it's yeah it's about focusing on it and stuff and and it's it's just something yeah and then i yeah and then just kind of growing from that and i started like a few kind of different bands or different i got to play with different people and then you kind of find the people that you like playing with the most and it's the same as like like go and you find the band that you enjoy playing in the most I guess it's the same um kind of thing as for piping and that that's what yeah I really kind of thought that about that as well and yeah and we started a Kaylee band and then I started to make some money from like playing on a Saturday night uh like I just literally didn't have to practice for it or anything I just like turn up to like some random hotel in Scotland and play for three four hours and you walk away with your 200 pounds or whatever you walk away with
1: and are you um, playing this is cool i like this and you're playing just by <laughs> yourself or are you playing with uh, with others
0: no in in a, in a band yeah
1: oh like in, in, in sort of something. like a impromptu uh impromptu session band sort of thing
0: yeah it's basically we call yeah you call it a Kaylee band but yeah like we, we don't rehearse for it we don't have like sets we don't it's not like pipe band where you have sets you just literally you know what music you have to play for the dance or so you do the gig gardens and you're like, okay, we need some four fours. And then someone just shouts, I don't know, a minor and you play the battle of Waterloo and then it's like D and it's locker room. And then like, and you either, like, I would pick because I'm the loudest. So I have to stay on all the time. And the, the, the fiddle player, or we discussed quickly before like, Oh, what are you going to play? Okay. We'll play that, that, and that. And then we just do it. Right. And cause you've got this kind of thing and it's, it's so, and, and that's the kind of, that's like, yeah, the kind of the basic level. And then it, that kind of grew into being like oh I can maybe try and like use my own musical voice to try and create that's why I've now got an album and things and it's all this kind of different stuff but yeah and then try and play with different bands at different festivals and that's it's just about being kind of I guess employable in terms of that whilst but I also did the teaching thing and I also came out of uni and kind of got maybe a wee bit I got a bit of the fear that I would because you get told the whole time that like I don't know musicians are they can't make any money and so like i was like okay so I've, I've been lucky enough to have been offered this teaching position i'll do that because that'll give me definite like guaranteed income and stuff and that's great and that's obviously important but then like see if you have if you have a successful like business kind of mind or like that kind of thing you can well you know yourself but you can kind of my kelly band has like 80 gigs a year me and a couple of other friends do run the kelly band so like that's a, a good basic income in itself and then you can do whatever you like aside from that which is it's fun and yeah it means that you don't have to make it such like i don't have to sell a million cds to like live like you know i i can sell i i can make something that i really want to make and make it as good as i can make it but it doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. which is well it does matter obviously it matters but I, like it doesn't matter financially is what i mean it's not yeah. the, like i i don't not eat if i don't get a thousand streams of Spotify this week, you know? that's
1: right. Which, you know, um, <laughs> obviously
0: I wouldn't be able to eat if I got a thousand streams of Spotify, but, um,
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, and that's
0: a different, it's a different story.
1: I think you're right. I think that's the big thing. Uh, the, the big thing is to use, uh, it, the, what is it to scratch? If you can figure out a way to get paid to scratch your own itch, that is like, that's such an important layer. It's It's such an important base layer of any business. It really, really is. And, you know, uh, Dojo U, finally, I mean, so when I first started off, I was just teaching a lot of lessons as well. I was teaching a ton of lessons and I was teaching on the weekends. Uh, And then finally, and then even when we started the Dojo, we were running just classes at first. So like, it was like a eight week course, let's say, and you get eight lectures with Jack Lee and then, you know, a couple supplementary sessions with lesser instructors such as myself or, uh, you know, just sort of to supplement. But that wasn't quite it. And finally, we settled on the membership model, which of course now is everywhere. But back then, it was a little bit more rare where it was like, wait a minute, what if everybody just paid $15 or $30 a month or something to get access to XYZ and they can come to whatever they want? And suddenly, you're getting paid to scratch your own itch. So suddenly, I could teach two hours a day. um, And if people came, great. And if they didn't, no problem. But I got paid anyway, you know, uh, and... And that you know the way, whatever people wanted to do with their investment was up to them, Um, and so suddenly that that like income stream, so to speak, suddenly that income stream became somewhat automated. I mean, you had to, you still had to deliver a good product, of course, but uh, but then that allowed that frees up your time to do other things. Uh, And in in this case, what you're describing, the Kaylee Band, you know, uh, I'm sure you have greater aspirations at some point down the line musically, like maybe to go beyond the Kaylee format, let's say, and to explore other things, but you're still developing your craft in a very significant way. And you're, you're working with other musicians and you're getting paid in the process. That's sort of like, that's really the secret sauce. I think that, that can provide upward mobility. It's like, you know, you're not yeah, just, no, absolutely. you're not just trading time. Like you're getting more than just, however many dollars a night, you know, you're getting, you're, you're acquiring experience and connections and, uh, um, and that's the, the, that's the big thing. And that's what I've done teaching wise as well. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm about to release a book. Did you know this? No. Yes. And, uh,
0: like, like a, like a novel. Well, it's a
1: nonfiction, a (laughs) a nonfiction. Yeah. But it's all about our teaching process here at the dojo. But, But uh, there's only one way I could have actually figured all of that out and like acquired the actual experience I needed to write with authority on this. Um, And that was through like all the teaching I've done across the last 10 years. Uh, And uh, so anyway, uh, I guess my point is what you're saying about the Caleb Band is really, really interesting and makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah, no, it sure is. And yeah, and it's about like, yeah, as you say, you meet lots of uh, musicians. I I maybe wasn't clear about that as well. So we, we have like a pool of musicians that we play. So like the lineup is always the same. So it's always fiddle, pipes, guitar, and we have like an option for drums. But like though the people that are actually delivering that may might alter because people's schedules are different Um, the guitarist for instance played in a, a like a busy touring band for a while. so he he couldn't make quite a lot of the gigs so we had different guitarists play with us and yeah, and then like if I had pipe band things, I don't have to do the gig that day or I can, I've got some friends that can cover for me, etc and the fiddle player is the same if he was playing with another band he would just get a different fiddle player. And his, and then you can also then go for the multi-band thing. And then that's where you really start to tap into where you can have two bands on the same night with the same name. And but right. because be, because you've got a pool of musicians, I can go with two people and then the fiddle player, who's like the main member of the band can go with a, a different two people. And there's two Stomp and Gailey bands in two different parts of potentially the world. And... It's, it's that kind of thing and yeah. And yeah. it starts to get a grow arms and legs from that.
1: And, and the Chili Pipers are are famous for that as well. Exactly. I mean the the wor- the moving pieces of that band are interchangeable. Um because yeah. yeah, like they, they will tour in two different spots at the same time and you're like, wait a minute, how do they do that? And it's because it's like well, and the same was true, like even to go to like river dance and all that, you know? Yeah. Like uh they have one or two main people that play the big, serious dancing roles. And then they've got like, there's probably a million line dancers around the world that have learned that show so they can perform it, you know, when they're called upon to do that. very very cool so so cool
0: yeah it's 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 cool yeah it's great i love it's it's and it's great it's just yeah it's a part of the thing that people don't really see i guess the normal piper wouldn't see that because they just turn up themselves like obviously they can't be in two places at once personally but if your thing can be in two places at once then it's it's quite it's quite fun or or it's even better like if you're sitting at the the worlds and there's two there's two like kelly bands out that night and you're not at either of them. <laughs> and right. It's, well, like, it's, yeah.
1: that's the way it is. I mean, we, we do that at the dojo now too. I mean, it's like the weirdest thing. It's very strange. So um, we've been running these events. Like uh, we had one called the bagpipe makeover. Uh, that was the first event. That was the first event that we did. So the, the idea there is in 30 days, we take someone who is, you know, either new to the pipes or really struggling with their pipes and in 30 days, we, uh, we have a program that takes them through to being, you know, to being comfortable and confident with all of the key aspects of their pipes. It's really, really neat. I-, I think people got a kick out of it. But for me, it was like a truly uncomfortable experience because we designed the whole thing for me to be very minimally involved. So, you know, I, uh, so I had someone who ran all the logistics for me, Andra, uh, and then yeah. Other people taught the course. I didn't teach. I mean, I, I wrote the materials, obviously. Um, but like everything was put together. So I think I taught a grand total of four hours. Like I, I think I taught once a week just to connect with the folks uh in in the program. But uh but yeah, like the dojo is really grown, like you said, grown legs of its own, and it's very strange. Um yeah. and then you'll hear, you know, you'll hear people that are on dojo teaching and they're teaching uh, ideas that I've honed over the years, but now they're kind of teaching them and passing them down. It's uh, very strange and and not necessarily that part of it. It's not nece- it's very uncomfortable. I think it's very uncomfortable for pipers in general. Like delegation is not something pipers are typically good at. Yeah,
0: no, you, you like, I like to be in control of it. I, I have the absolute fear all the time. Like, Um. like we each have our own roles. So like I deal with like, the kind of emails and logistics of it. And then someone does the bank and someone does like the players and things and, um, and the agencies and things that we work with. But, um, yeah, like, I, I still feel like I don't have, like, if I don't have control of it, I'm like, Oh my goodness, there's something that. And obviously it's always, it's always fine, but it's, it's that kind of like, oh what if that happened or "Ah," kind of, kind of thing of it as well. So yeah, it's, it's about like relinquishing control of it, but having confidence in the fact in your people as well.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and make you have to make the roles, the roles other people play, nice and simple and straightforward and difficult to uh, mess up, uh, and that that's a bit tricky as well. Like sometimes it, it and it's the you know what we've been doing over the last couple of years as we move more in this direction has made me realize how often I in the past I've expected people to read my mind, you know, like hey we need to do this, and then uh, lately I've been documenting okay exactly what is this. And then you know four pages of instructions later you're like, "Oh my god, there's no wonder these folks couldn't handle this before like it's actually really really complicated and needs to be simplified uh, and needs to be supervised So anyway, I digress we were talking about Kaylee bands so um so the current Ross Miller super band uh, <laughs> what is so that's another project that's not. That's not, uh, it's sort of not directly related to this Kaylee band enterprise, right? It's like your own side project.
0: no. No, that, yeah, no, this is my, this is my, um, outlet, my musical outlet that it does, as I say, it doesn't require, like, it's, it's not for financial gain or like anything like that. It's, it's all about like having my own name and having my own musical voice in the, in the kind of grand scheme of things. Um, so yeah, and it's get, so I yeah, I did an album and then I have subsequently done a book of all the tunes in the album and all the stories related to the tunes and why I played them and it's a it's almost the the album actually I kind of realized this more when I was um right like kind of writing the stuff for the book, but the uh, or the tune book I should say, not like a non fiction book like you, but the um when, when yeah it's it's almost like a culmination of the first 25 years of my life. It came out on my 25th birthday. As I well really was, like, all this kind of uh, tied it in and it was like almost like where i came from and where i'm kind of going to kind of like that point in my life so i took influence from like i was playing tunes that i played in the band before or yeah our band at uh, the band and also like bock hall and other bands that i played in and kind of played them in a different way with these other musicians that I wanted to play with. Also tunes that I've written myself about things that have happened to me, and also tunes that I've got from people or heard from people that are kind of influences on on me as well. So it's like, it's that kind of snapshot of a a moment in time, not to get too philosophical about it, because that's not what it was meant to. It was just supposed to be some tunes that I liked um put in put in order uh, in an order that sounded nice and hopefully people would like enjoy listening to or dancing to or whatever they want to do along to it and then yeah it's kind of it's become this kind of almost like kind of moment in time thing which I'm, i'm very proud of i think it's great
1: has there been a lot of interest in the book
0: in the book yeah and i think and that is as a result of having the album first i think if i'd released them both at the same time i wouldn't have the, the book hasn't been wouldn't have been as and I, I wouldn't say it's successful by any means, but like it's, it's more, it's gone better than I anticipated it going. And I think that is as a result of people having heard my music and seen my face a bit more in the last year or year and a half. Have
1: you thought about doing of, yeah. just random, just random uh, thoughts here? Have you thought about doing an audiobook version of it?
0: S- what, with tunes and everything? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like, it would be, it wouldn't, oh, it, it wouldn't, there you go. but like, I think, uh, you speaking about the tunes and then actually, and, and then, you know, I suppose you could release the, or maybe it could be an add-on for the book or something. But for me, I want to hear all these stories and I want to hear the tunes. Uh, but you know, I want to maybe what I do mostly is when I'm r- driving around town or something, I'll have an audio book on or something. Um, and then in this case, if you could actually mix the music in a meaningful way into the performance of the book, I mean, I think that could be really good, really good, especially because you have a buttery smooth there voice. Oh,
0: there you go. That's, <laughs> and I've got my, my good microphone apparently, but the, um, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, no, that, do you know what? that that's a good idea. Yeah. T- tell the stories and then play the track from the album that goes in the gap. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. That's, that, that, that sounds like something that maybe I could look into. Yeah, the thanks. Thanks. And you should I'll, I'll give you credit. I'll give you the intellectual intellectual property credit on it
1: for <laughs> sure. But I, you know, like, uh, and I think for a lot of, I think it could also, uh, it could just, you know, uh, bring that to a wider audience as well. Like there's a lot of people who won't buy the book because no. they don't read music per se, but they might still like, you know, they might really enjoy the music and want to know the stories behind it. And so you should do it.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds good. That, that's the next, that, that's the, ro- I was trying to, I was just trying to think, I was like, this is the last thing that's going to be called the rope and have that picture on it, but there you go. You've managed to extend my, uh, my milking it for a further year.
1: Yeah, well, no, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's milking it. I think it's uh you know, especially during COVID, right? So if I wanted to learn the stories of the tunes, maybe I would go see you play live. And then you'd probably say a thing or two here or there about some of the music maybe during the show, yeah. but you, you can't do that now. So, yeah. sure. uh, so yeah, buy the absolutely. book or, or after COVID, when you are playing live, it's like, by the way, if you really enjoyed the show, you should check out my audio book where I, I, you know, tell the full story of everything. And, you know, uh, interview members of the band and, you know inside scoops from our you know silly stories and then uh you know mix that in with the music so it's like something you could buy in addition to the album like a super album uh or something
0: yeah that sounds good That that's very good the, the stories are in the album notes as well but I, I figured that or i extended them for the book or like because i only had a small amount of space in my um the album notes and also lots of people don't buy cds anymore which is fine that's 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 the world that we live in everyone streams the music so lots of people have heard these tunes and they're like oh i like that tune what's it or even what's it called or like what's it about why why did it why is it called that and things so that's what i guess the the book is you can then play along as well that was the idea too it's i think it's actually it's officially i just realized it's officially out today but i kind of i've accidentally let it out early because it came and I got excited and sent it to everybody. So my my official launch date has been somewhat
1: muted. <laughs>
0: oh, right. Yeah.
1: Um, and is that for the book or for the... Uh, for, for the book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd maybe jump. Sorry if I jumped the gun there. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Ross has no, a new book. No, coming. no, no. Yeah, sorry. Well, I have a new book <laughs> coming out too, but I haven't officially announced anything. I And, I, and I'm and i not going to say the title of it yet either because uh, it's, it's going to be... Wait till you see this book launch, Ross. People are going to say, people are going to say. It's, it's
0: gonna say, going to be a mega.
1: It's, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, uh, uh, I had another thing I was going to say, but I forgot to say it. I, I forgot to figure out what it was. Oh yeah, here's what it was. I, you know, I, when I play music, I want people to just instantly recognize how amazing it is and how incredible I am as a musician. I have that affliction, which is totally not realistic, Right. Like that's not how it works at all. Uh, and even in popular music, like people don't like uh, people don't like Ed Sheeran because of his music. like they do. His music's great, let's say, if you like Ed Sheeran, and if you don't, then you don't like it. But uh, his music's fine, but he has like a very interesting story and a very interesting persona, and it's, I believe it's actually, as an old fuddy-duddy. It's actually the storytelling element. That makes, uh, you know, that that really elevates music to that higher level, or, or the the pop, or the popularity is not the right word, but the you know the audience, the audience uh, you know augments. It's all about telling stories. If you can successfully tell stories that go along with your music, suddenly people are going to listen. Uh, and if you oh, sure, yeah. if you don't succeed in telling the story, uh, very there there will only be. A very small percentage of people who already get you that are going to enjoy the music. Great example. No, no, definitely, I think you want to know that one of the best examples of that is, in in my opinion, in my sort of belief, is uh, the Inverary and District Pipe Band is a great example of that. You know, uh, the storyline behind the band is extremely strong. It's stronger than any other band on earth, probably. You know, as far as like, oh, this band came from a few kids jamming out with Stewart in the uh, you know beautiful scenic town of Inverary, uh, and then uh, it just grew from there out of love of the music and that sort of thing. And that oh, sure, yeah. that video that they put together for the concert, and I say they because at that point I wasn't involved in the band uh, before that big concert. Um, it's one of the greatest things anyone's ever seen, um, and that's and it's yeah. the storytelling aspect of it. Uh, that cannot be overstated, you know? And then other bands kind of have that, but I think if they fostered it more, if they fostered what their story was more and figured out, and sometimes certain details get rounded out, and I think that's perfectly fine, but once people connect with the story, then you're at a huge advantage and you have their attention.
0: No, yeah, sure, definitely. I think so, and I think that's something we actually lack in piping, and it's a real bugbear of mine. Um, like really especially now um, now that I've experienced different styles of music and different concerts and different gigs of like non-pipe, non-piping things and even things with piping in them um, the fact that we, we accept the fact that we never speak about it or that we tune for four minutes and play yeah. for four minutes yeah, and all this stuff and I do it because it's part of the game I, I don't know if you've ever seen this thing about Andy Murray somebody asked him like Oh, why like why do you take three balls and bounce them and like what what are you looking for when you're like when you're playing tennis and you're like looking at the ball when they give you three and yeah. you give one back? He's like, I don't know, everyone else does it, so I just do it. Like he's <laughs> like I just like they're he's like they're all
1: the same. Yeah.
0: And it's like and it's literally like I do it because that that's what you do. And I yeah. I remember talking about like the P Rick I G as well when I was at uni, he's like, Why do we do P Rick IG and yeah. not just a normal and peab? And I just asked, and there was just like, I don't know, everyone else does it, like
1: yeah, <laughs> it's
0: just it's just like a total a thing of like we just accept that that and and that's fine and that's that's kind well. of how the tradition goes because you get told to do it and then you do it and it's fine and then you tell your student to do it and they do it and it's that's how the tradition works. Mm-hmm. But I think that we can definitely be more cute about the way in which we present our music. Yeah, if we want it to reach a wider audience, you see all these recitals. It was actually the Alistair Gillis memorial that really, I watched it with my girlfriend who plays, um, she, well, she sings Gaelic songs. She plays a guitar and she's in a band and she tells her stories and she sings the song. So she like tells the story again. And, um, she was like, why are they not telling us about the tunes? Or why do we not know what the, the tunes are? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, uh, cause, cause they don't, I, I don't know. It's like, it's not a thing that we do. It's just, yeah. it's,
1: well, it's, it, I it, think it's, it's, it's a, really it's an amazing point. Yeah. I, I think without question, tuning, Tuning has got to go, you know, certainly the long, certainly the long bouts of tuning and even in the competition. Oh, and again, this is me old fuddy duddy. When I was younger, I thought this was stupid, but now it's gotta go. <laughs> like, you know, especially like the Northern meeting and this stuff, like, you know, people come to see piping music and uh, folks, the tuning's gotta go like maybe, maybe uh, 60 seconds, in which to get yourself settled and to do a few things and then you just play. And then maybe as a result, the absolute perfection of the tuning, you know, uh, factors a bit less into the result or something like maybe there's trade-offs, but it's worth it because like you said, you know, um, and then I think, uh, yeah. And then I think absolutely from the performance standpoint to actually say a, a word or two about your tune. Uh, before you play each set is important
0: well like not necessarily in a competition because someone else will do that for you but i think in a recital format like striking the pipes i think the days of striking the pipes up and playing for 25 minutes without putting them down again should should be over and i I don't i don't really care who it is that does it because it's brilliant and the music that they play is great from a piping point of view and a general music point of view i'm not saying that at all but the overall performance point of view is severely lacking and if we want people who don't play the pipes to enjoy it and listen to it i think we definitely need to um to do something about that like now but i don't know how you do that because you can't tell people to just like you you must now speak because people don't want to speak because they're the way that they're speaking is through their music and that's fine yeah but like you've at least got to like try and engage some way with because you're an artist at the end of the day i know you're a competitive piper but you're you're giving a performance in a recital you're not like like i think anyway and i i I think this is something that's come again from being on the degree course where we had to do that that was part of it and it's also i've never been to like a concert to see like i don't know brebach or any of these kind of big bands um and it's not they don't they don't just play each set after another like an album they like talk about they're like yeah and they, they have, like, all these kind of, like, stories about, like, I don't know, the bass player in Braybac. They always say he's, like, the marrow-growing champion of Inveruri and stuff. Like, it's just, like, this little <laughs> joke. And they say it at every gig ever. And it's, like, it's just these fun little things. And, like, we, we don't do that in piping. And I think that's really really a shame because I think we do have a lot to say and our tunes do mean stuff to people. And people have reasons for playing the tunes. It's not, it? why would you play the tune? ah no, because I'm good at it. Like, no one's going to say that. They're going to say why they play the tune.
1: Yes. As well. I think that's a huge thing. I, I, I think it's a huge thing, uh, and I think you do it well. Should we? Uh, so should we listen to some music? Sure. What do you think? Uh, cause, because because we we're we we're talking about doing this, and I think theoretically I have the power to do this. Here's my YouTube. Oh kids. So um, what do you want to do first? Should we do the official uh, Ross Miller Roke video?
0: Yeah, sure. We might as well. So, do, do, do you want to give me the we lead it or do you want? want me to give the lead-in?
1: Yeah, well, you we'll can't. Go for it? We can't just talk <laughs> about storytelling and then not storytell at least a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So th- this is this is the Roke, um The the first tune is called the rook the Row, and the Wee Pickle Tow, and it's the official tune of uh, the Royal Borough of go Which is where I was. I know I said I started piping in everness but we only stayed there for a couple of years. I was. We lived in Linlithgow before, and we lived in Linlithgow after the, the Inverness break. So um, and that's where my family home is. So yeah, there's a, a celebration of the town and checking of the the ancient boundaries of the town every year on the first Tuesday after the second Thursday in June. That's my new favorite thing to say. Um, <laughs> wait, say that one more time for me. The, the first Tuesday after the second Thursday in June.
1: Got it. So wait, wait, wouldn't um, it just be the... No, but see, it wouldn't necessarily always be the third yeah, Tuesday. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. What the hell? It's like, oh, it's, it's exciting, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that, and, see, that's um, a good story.
0: <laughs> and we, uh, I'm, I'm officially the town piper. We have a town piper and a town drummer and a town crier and all these different things. Uh, so, I maybe by the end of the day, I become the town crier, but not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think I'm the the, the town piper um, officially, and I get a, a rubber stamped envelope inviting me to become Town Piper for another year. Um and all this exciting stuff. So this is the tune that is synonymous with the town. It's the, the town tune, I think, officially. It's called The Rope the Round the Wee Book of Town And this video is me playing that um that tune initially in my kind of full gear, if you like, outside the Lomithco Palace, which is where Mary Queen of Scots was bar. And then um and then it kicks into the full band playing as a jig in a kind of like modern style and then it's one of my own tunes after that um and it kind of goes even more into the um the kind of modern contemporary or so we say contemporary realms i don't think it's particularly modern it's playing traditional music in a traditional style in a contemporary manner i guess there you go
1: all right let's let's have a go uh (laughs) Looking sharp there, Ross. It's one of my favorite tracks. I love it. It's really good. Um, you're probably sick of, whoops, sorry, we don't have to play it again. You're probably, are you sick of hearing it yet?
0: Uh, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I I went through, a, uh, I went through a phase of not really listening to it. And then, yeah, more recently I've been doing more things where I've, where I've kind of, Heard it, obviously as a kind of promotion for my book and stuff but no i i like it i think it's it's still it still sounds how i imagined it to sound when i started like i don't feel like i've two years on it or two years well almost two years since we recorded it now but um yeah it, it still it still feels like it kind of holds up against itself i think it's good
1: it's good and then how did the uh filming of it work do you have do you have uh uh filming buddies that that worked with you or did you hire a firm or what did you do
0: so i i have yeah i do have a filming buddy um who he plays the guitar as well and he often plays in our um our band as well. And yeah, he's he's a professional film filmmaker or like video videographer and he's kind of like the go to guy for Glasgow bands for videos. But like, you, you can kinda of tell it's him, but it's he's got a very good way of like kind of going um go go like taking your idea so like my idea is like oh can we do it like i'm outside the and then it goes to like in an inside area with the band like a kind of concert thing and then Mm -hmm. back outside and stuff and he was happy to take that on board and yeah he's brilliant but then some of the other videos he's done are completely completely different to that as well and he is great so hamish is his name hamish mcleod and he does that and he yeah he does some work for bbc alba and stuff and all these kind of, um, good stuff as well. So it's, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. And it's good to know these people and kind of discuss it a bit. And yeah, and it's, it's nice to kind of almost like give jobs to friends as well. It's, it's, for sure. Um, yeah, especially if you know them and it, I think it ends up with a, a nice product and you could be happy with it as well, instead of like using somebody completely removed from it, I
1: guess. Um, I think, yeah, the storytelling aspect of this video is really, really cool you know, it's so neat. And, and, uh, especially the part of the beginning and then the, uh, the dancing, the dancing, um, you know, full kit, the dancing full kit yeah. Piper is so cool. Like, it's just, uh, I wasn't laughing cause I thought it was funny so much as it's just so neat. Right. Like, cause it, it, it um, it matches what your brain is trying to grapple with. Right. So you just heard like this very trad, uh, you know, I suppose it was sort of like a six-eight march or a slow jig or something, uh, very very traditional. And then, like, it really surprises you when it goes into the more contemporary style. Uh, and then you see the the dancing full kit pipers, so cool, very very. Cl- I I think it's extremely clever. That
0: that that was that was actually an accident. It was just like because when when we're recording it, um, you have like like the speaker um like playing it so you you can like hear it so i could play in time along with it so like i was playing i like to call them the silent pipes Um, so i had like yeah my all my reads were taped off and the the chanter as well so i was just playing nothing and um so like i was just so we were filming the end and then after that it obviously kicked in but we didn't need that as part of the um the take but we just kept going anyway and i was just like oh and he was like that was actually brilliant we'll just keep it
1: yeah right (laughs) Yeah, some of the so, sometimes accidents are the best part. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really cool. And then um, the other one we have to watch is my favorite one. Which <laughs> is the uh when what so how does this one uh let let me see. Where was I? I think maybe if I just oh, press I the back. Yeah, oh, there you go. You yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, we'll do that. We'll get that officially started in a moment. But this is a, this is a COVID music video.
0: It's a COVID music video, yes.
1: Um but the, the track is actually on your album. So you recorded this long before COVID, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, but this is actually a, a re record. So this is like what, what you hear here is that you hear here, yeah. What you hear here is actually um like uh, a new recording of the thing. So it's not the album oh, audio. Cool. It is it is we are like recording audio here um as well to just to make it a thing. It was actually the Callum, who you can see there, the drummer yeah. in the band, he's um as as his, his his lockdown, um I don't know, he's he's lost it in lockdown and he's started to start, so he did a degree past he was being a professional drummer and then obviously he has no gigs. Um so he's he's retraining as a sound engineer or he's doing a course in sound engineering at uni and as part of that he had to record a band um remotely and well as, as many as you could get into a studio but um remotely if 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 not so um he was just like oh do you fancy just doing it with like the band that we used to record the album and then um i could get a few of them into record, and um, we could just put a video together just as like something i guess extra promo for the album stuff so i was like yeah sure why not so we so yeah he's kind of almost it's like the remix version i guess Um cool we 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 like recorded all the audio again to, to give him that audio for him to do for his university thing. But then it actually sounded good. So we we're like, do you know what? Why don't we just uh, release this as a thing? And then, yeah, he was, he was trying to play with um, the, the final cut program as well. So he was just like, I'll make the video too. I was like, cool
1: done (laughs) so
0: so it's good to me and so yeah so it's 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 good fun it's nice and so yeah i recorded it in some kind of like you can hire like a dry hire studio in glasgow for like rehearsal and um you could still do that because like there was no contact you just get a code and you put the code in to get into the place so we recorded it in there and then he that's him recording in his um university studio and Glasgow and then the other boys were up north uh, Craig the guitarist was in Inverness so he's recording from his bedroom and Rory was in uh, a place called Ascent which is uh, way up the west coast yeah, uh, way north up. of like Ullapool yeah and he um he yeah so he he was up there recording his piano as well so um but yeah that's oh, it I think it's it's cool and yeah this set is it's a Bill Livingston tune that we played in the National Youth Pipe Band uh, for years that I heard and I love it the leaving Harrisake um, I guess it's kind of got a nice a West Coast flavour. And then it's, there's a Gallic Purse called Bjar Maravami Nuri. And then um, I've been practising that, you see. And then the... That's way um, better than I could
1: do. <laughs> and
0: then the final tune is called I Write, which is actually quite an interesting one. This is one that I've actually played a lot. Um, it's, it's kind of... Um, I played it for the Young Trad Final and we we did a... My Kaylee Band's promotional video, we actually played in that as well. And it's just a tune that I heard my flatmate, who's Robbie, who plays the fiddle as well, in the Kaylee Band, he played it and it's in C-sharp minor Um, for like fiddle players. And I was like, I think that fits on the pipes. Like he was playing it, he played it for his recital maybe at uni. And I was like, I think we can get that on the pipes if we played it in B minor. I think we can. And I think it's just the last part that we had to kind of almost doctor a little bit but i think in the grand scheme of things it's still the tune um and that tune was written by it was written by angus grant jr who was the fiddle player in shugle nifty who's unfortunately no longer with us but hmm. and then we bring back this the we go all pipe band on it and I bring the slow air back over the top of the um the riffs as well
1: i feel like you wrote I, I feel like this track was written for me ross that's why i'm such a big fan <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah this it's, is, is, is your signature
1: yeah I, I i mean yeah well you know i love that stuff So. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like it's better done than I would do as well, which, you know, you'd think would make me jealous and angry, but this just makes me excited. So, so uh, uh,
0: it's, it's definitely easier though, when you don't just have pipe band instruments. True. Very true. To, to, to add, to add to your flavors that, but like you're, you're hearing it like this, but like, if we tried to do it in a band situation, it, it might not quite be the same. I think we you should have the the low end or the top end
1: i i think we should try this in the band and see if we can get something because can the the well anyway we could talk more about this let's uh let's hear it first <laughs> and then we'll wax we'll wax poetical <laughs> Wait a minute. How can anybody do that many burls from D Ross? Uh, uh,
0: if, if if you look at my fingers, it's not exactly um <laughs> it, it's not exactly legit,
1: I don't think. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, it's just really, really cool. And the other thing is how does that guy play the bass guitar and the fiddle at the same time?
0: Oh, inc- he's he's very talented, Incredible. isn't he, old Charlie? <laughs>
1: yeah, um, Yeah, no,
0: he's 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 some boy Charlie. He's he's brilliant and um yeah he he was in my year playing the fiddle and then he got headhunted to go and play the jazz bass on the bass course from second year uh, onwards and he did fiddle as a second instrument and then he won the young traditional musician of the year on the fiddle because he's he's annoyingly good.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's really really cool. Uh, and uh, yeah. I- yeah. Ross Miller, bagpipes, silly faces. See, you get me every time. It's very clever. It's very good. Yeah. Did you see Bill Livingston's comment on your video? On the video? Yeah. At no, some uh, one of the he, videos. Yeah.
0: I met. No, I didn't actually see that. I am. Um, Maybe he's on I, Facebook. I messaged him about uh, maybe, but I, I messaged him about like playing in the thing and he was, yeah, he was saying he was happy about using his um tune for my book and he was, um but yeah, very complimentary of it. It's nice.
1: Yeah. But uh, there's somewhere I saw a comment from him saying he enjoyed it and, and that uh, just like the brief, his brief story of writing the tune. So, so oh, pretty cool. neat. I don't know. Somewhere out there, Ross. You'll have... yeah, if you're anything have like me, it. you ignore the comments because sometimes they're too painful to look at, but... <laughs> But uh, I think most of your comments are pretty good. Well, shall we venture towards wrapping this up for today? Sure. Or is there something? Thanks for having me. Is there anything you have to get off your chest? You know,
0: I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I've, I, I got my rant about um, people not speaking when they're doing recitals out the way. That
1: was controversial, man. (laughs) People are going to go. Twitter's going to go crazy. I think.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be trending for the wrong reasons.
1: Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, people can, what, what, how, uh, Ross Miller bagpipes, just Google it. Right. And all your stuff will Ross, come up.
0: Yeah. Ross Miller music is my, my website, we're trying, um, we're, we're musicians, not just bagpipes. Okay. 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 But- <laughs> no uh yeah rossmillermusic.com is my website and you can get the book and the cd and things there and i actually i ran a competition this week i need to actually update my website i just remembered this second um to to get rid of the competition details because it was uh, finished on so i've got a winner for that as well to announce today that's exciting
1: oh you're not going to announce it on my podcast though eh
0: I'm, unfortunately not. Well, I kind of, you
1: like, <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, no one will watch it. It's certainly not this deep into it. So yeah, you would probably be safe, but no, no, I won't, I won't rain on your parade. Well, thanks for joining me. I think, uh, I don't know. I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get, I feel like long form conversations are really, really cool, especially in the bagpipe realm, because I feel like, I feel like a couple of things are true. Number one, I, I think it's one of the best things. It's one of the best ways to learn is, you know, like I've been a fly on the wall, you know, between lots of great conversations between great players and it's helped me learn. And uh, I think that's really important. But I also feel like there can be a lot of disagreement in the bagpiping world about how we should do things and how things should be and what makes a real bagpiper and all that. There's a lot of disagreement. But I do feel like sometimes if you just chat with a guy uh, or listen to other people chat with other people, you realize, oh, wait a minute, like we're basically saying the same thing. So, I think that yeah, uh I guess so I, I think that's good, and i mean, I think honestly, I honestly believe it's a lot better in Scotland now than it's ever been, uh, but that's not necessarily true, like uh where we are in the u s it's not necessarily true at all, like I feel like I feel like, and again, it could just be a feeling, but I feel like in many respects, uh, we're burying our heads in the sand more than ever, um, and so, yeah, so it's good to just chat, just good to just talk it out, yeah sometimes.
0: No, I think, I think it's good. And I guess there's, there's two grade one bands in America now, which is the, probably the most that has been in a while, isn't there not?
1: Yeah, well, it's certainly – I think two is the – we may have had three at one point. At one point, there may have been City of Washington, City of Chicago, and L.A. Scots. And now it's neither of those three. It's none of those three, and now it's Dunedin and St. Thomas, eh? Something like that. But we haven't had a chance to really hear much of them – because it uh, COVID is been doing its whole COVID thing.
0: Because we've, we've not heard of anyone. It's going to be a complete shake-up, I think.
1: Well, uh, St. Lawrence O'Toole's in great form. Because they're like the only band that's done anything. So they've done those like... Uh,
0: Them and SFU.
1: Yeah, SFU too, yeah. But like uh, St. Lawrence has been playing like real band material. Just mixing it all together imagine that i don't envy whoever had to do that project
0: yeah absolutely yeah that's a that's a a good um a good video project that one
1: yeah (laughs) i did one i did one of those uh for a class at the dojo they did like a little project i did one of them and i promised it would be the last time i ever did another one uh there's there must be a better way to do it uh like there must be a right way to do it from a video editing standpoint but uh i don't Sure. I'm yeah. not
0: gonna do it. No, it's yeah, it's a, uh, I I quite enjoy it actually. I think I find it kind of therapeutic. But um yeah, it's it's definitely time consuming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think in your case too, like you're uh you're also in many cases I think doing your own music or or music you're excited about. But that really helps. That really helps. You know, uh yeah. but it's tough, it's it's harder when you're trying to just mix pipers together that are playing that are playing pipe band music in unison and you're trying to get all the videos to link up and uh boy that's tricky
0: yeah no i did yeah i did that for my um i did a quartet for the the kind of launch of my book and the year of the album and i had yeah i think 16 people playing and that was a that was a challenge it's definitely definitely start with audio first that's my main tip for anyone thinking of doing it do audio first and then do video and it Nobody really cares if it doesn't quite match, right? I guess apart from us, we're the only people in like the world that care. Mm -hmm. Those of you that are so close to so close to it that you you can't you can't stand seeing that G Grace not in the wrong place.
1: (laughs) I know it's the worst thing ever. I actually really bothers me. Well, it actually bothers. (laughs) The better the music is, the less uh, the less it bothers me. So like you said, get you got to get the audio right. Okay, Ross. Well, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, maybe in some small way, it'll help get the word out about you. You know, I hope so.
0: Oh, hopefully. Yes. Like that. That's great. Thank you.
1: Hey, everybody. Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo. And I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>